Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to be taking a uh, look at Luke chapter 5. We'll at least start it and get into it. Um, in Luke chapter 4, uh, just a recap of that, when Jesus has been baptized to kick off his ministry by John the baptizer, and, and it kicks off his pathway to become the, the sacrifice for our sins, where we our sins could be forgiven. And immediately, right after that mountaintop experience, if you will, he's led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, where he's going to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and for 40 nights, where he doesn't eat anything, he doesn't drink anything. And, of course, the first thing that Satan tempts him with is turning these stones into loaves of bread because he'd be very hungry, you know. So after this is over, he goes to his hometown, Nazareth, and he reads scripture from Isaiah at the synagogue. And after telling the people that this scripture has been fulfilled, this prophecy has been fulfilled before their very eyes, they have heard it and they see it. Uh, he, they, the people try to kill him his, in his hometown. You know, they, they lead him to the edge of the cliff. They want to push him off the cliff to kill him, but he makes his way through the crowd and escapes. And so he goes to Capernaum, and there in Capernaum, he does the same exact thing. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath days to worship. And while he's there, he casts out a demon. While he, he, he was up there speaking and teaching, uh, this man stands up who had demons in him and tries to disrupt the service and and they're calling Jesus out for being the Son of God. And, and Jesus cast out the demon right there in the middle of his teaching. And word begins to spread about Jesus all over. And so after the church service, if you will, is over with there at the synagogue, he goes to Peter's house to visit. And people bring their sick friends to him and, and, and their family to him. And they're wanting Jesus to heal them. And so he, he gets up one morning and he escapes to a place of solitude to spend some time with the Father to get re-energized, if you will. And the crowds search for him and they find him and they're wanting more from him, but he tells them that he has to preach the good news of the kingdom in other places, so he begins to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. Now, we get to Luke chapter 5. We find Jesus standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and crowds had gathered, and he begins preaching to them. And Jesus sees two boats in the water, and he's going to get into one of the boats, and he asks the owner of the boat to push him out away from the shore so he can teach the people from the boat. And to, in my opinion, this is no coincidence. This, this, this in Luke chapter 5, this, 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 uh, this act of Jesus going to this, I mean, there's a reason why he chose the Sea of Galilee on this particular day. There's a, I mean, he could have went anywhere on the Sea of Galilee, but he chose the place where these two boats were to, to, to preach to these people or to teach these people. And, and to me, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of God's timing. It, it's, it's a beautiful picture of God's sovereignty <clears throat> because he could have, like I said, he could have went anywhere on the Sea of Galilee that day, but you know, it didn't just so happen that he picked this place where there's two boats and 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 where these owners of the boats have been fishing all night long, and they're they're over there washing their nets. There is a reason why Jesus picked this particular place, and we're going to get into that here in just a minute. 
The owners of the boats belonged to some commercial fishermen who were partners. Peter owned, or Simon, he's called Simon in Luke chapter 5. He'll, he'll become Peter later on. But uh, I will call him Peter throughout this lesson, <laughs> throughout this podcast. But Peter owned one of the boats, and two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, owned the other boat. And they've been working all night. They, you know, they make a living fishing. And so they've been working all night. They've been fishing, and they finished their work. They have brought their boats to the shore. They didn't catch anything, and they've been washing their nets. And, and so while Jesus is over here teaching this crowd of people, they're over here minding their business, washing their nets, and getting ready for another day of work. Um, remember that Jesus had previously been teaching in the synagogue there at Capernaum when the demon was cast out. And after that service was over, Jesus went to uh, the house of one man named Simon, which we know as Peter. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law while he was at Peter's house because she had a fever. And if you remember, she got up and she went and made a, a meal after Jesus healed her. And not only did he heal Peter's mother-in-law, but he healed all of those who were sick that was brought to him while he was staying at Peter's house. So Peter knew Jesus. He, he, he knew there was something special about this man from Nazareth who was going around and teaching people about the kingdom of God. Now, we don't know how long because Luke doesn't mention how many how much time has passed but some time has passed since uh that happened at peter's house with all these people coming over and being healed and his mother-in-law being healed but perhaps jesus hasn't seen peter in quite some time uh perhaps peter hasn't seen jesus in, in quite some time he's hearing the things that jesus is doing as he's going around judea and, and teaching people about the kingdom of God. But crowds were going to gather no matter where Jesus chose to teach because word about him has spread all over Judea and people were coming to see the show, if you will, as if Jesus was like some kind of celebrity. They were, they were coming to find hope. And so why would Jesus choose to go to the Sea of Galilee to teach on this particular day? And I believe the answer is this, because Peter... James and John were going to be there washing their nets and Jesus knew it. Jesus was doing ministry on his own, but eventually Jesus is going to choose 12 hand-picked disciples. <coughs> and however, at this point, he hasn't chosen any disciples yet, and that was about to change because Peter, James, and John are about to follow Jesus. And the, I believe that the reason why Jesus chose the Sea of Galilee on this day to teach <coughs> is the reason he chose the spot to preach from was because Peter, James, and John were going to be there, and he knew it. He needed followers. He needed people that he could, because he knew he was on his mission to the cross. He knew within three to three and a half years that he's going to die, and so he needed these men to take his place when he leaves the uh, the earth and goes back to heaven and sits by the Father's right hand. <coughs> I've been dealing with a cold for uh, 11 days now, so my voice is weak, and as you can tell, I have a cough, and I have a lot of snot, so I apologize. In Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 11, Luke says this, 
When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I will let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. And a shout for help brought the partners in the other boat, and soon the boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. That's how many fish that they, they had caught. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Notice how in a crowd of people, the focus, the focus here was on one man, really, Peter. Way back when Jesus met Peter at the synagogue and went to, to visit him in his home, Jesus saw something in Peter and said, this guy's going to be a good leader for my kingdom. Now, let me ask you a question. How many times have you felt lost in a crowd? How many times have you doubted yourself and didn't think you were anything special? Well, here's, here's the truth of the matter. God knows you. He sees you. He knows everything about you, every little detail. The Bible says he knows how many hairs are on our head. And he especially knows the things that you deal with in this life on a daily basis. You are not lost in the crowd. You are special to God. And he wants to give you a purpose just like he did Peter. You don't feel like you're good enough? Peter felt the same way. That's when, when, when he saw the fish, this miracle, all these, because he knew he had fished all night long and didn't catch any fish. And now all of a sudden, because Jesus told him to, cast, to launch out a little deeper and cast his nets out again, and he brought those nets up, and the nets were so full of fish that they began to tear, Peter hit his knees before Jesus, and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. And he wasn't joking. He would, Peter would be the very guy that would stick his foot in his mouth over and over again saying that he would never deny Jesus and that he would die with Jesus. Yet when Jesus was struggling on the cross to take a breath and he's about to die, Peter's over there warming himself by the fire, denouncing that he even knew Jesus at all. And he did this three times. He denied that he even knew Jesus three times. The truth of the matter is this. You aren't good enough for God. I'm not good enough for God. No one here is good enough for God because of sin. And that's why we have to have Jesus. We need Jesus in our life because his blood washes away our sin. That is the reason why Jesus died on the cross for our sin so that we can be reconciled or we can be made friends again with God. We're not good enough for God. But through Jesus and through the his blood washing away our sins, guess what? We are good enough for God. And God accepts us just as we are because he looks at us. If we are Christians, if we made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we are good enough for God because <coughs> God looks at us through the uh, the filter of Jesus's 
blood. And he doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of his son, Jesus. You are not lost in the crowd. And God can and does focus his attention solely on you. And guess what? No matter what we've done, no matter where we go, we can't hide from God. And I encourage you to read Psalm 139 because I believe it's David, one of David's psalms. But he says, God, I can go into the depths of hell. I can go into the deepest part of the sea. I can go into the darkest of dark. And there's no place that I can hide from your presence. You are always there wherever I go. God knows you. God sees you. He sees what you're going through. And he cares for you. You, you are not lost in the crowd. When we come back, we'll continue with Luke chapter 5. Do you ever feel all alone? Like you could be in a room or you are in a room full of people, but nobody sees you, nobody hears you. It's like you're invisible. Well, let me reassure you of something. God sees you. God hears you. In fact, he, all, he is always there, and there is nowhere that we can go to get away from His presence, to get away from Him. You can read Psalm 139, and David says a lot of great things here about the presence of God and how God is always with us, and He always knows everything about us. But let me share some highlights with you. David says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and you follow me. You're, you're, you place your hand of blessing on my head. And he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. God is always with you. And if you are dealing with loneliness or depression, let me encourage you to please seek help. And if we can pray for you uh, for anything, for any situation, contact us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com. So, in my opinion, the reason Jesus chose the Sea of Galilee that day to teach from and that exact spot where those boats were is because he was focused at least on Simon. He was focused on others. He knew that James and John would come along, but he was really focused on Simon because he saw something special in Simon's heart and he knew he'd be a great leader for his kingdom. And when we read the book of Acts, and, and you can go back into a uh, previous podcast. Matter of fact, the very first book that I broke down on the pro, uh, on these podcasts is the book of Acts. Or actually, I did John, then I did Acts, and now I come to Luke. But you can go back and you can listen to previous podcasts where I cover the book of Acts. And you can read about uh, Peter and how he arises to the occasion as, and he's a, a great leader in the church that Jesus knew he would be. And it was Peter that stood on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles. And he preached that very first sermon that day to the Jews that had gathered in Jerusalem for the feast of Pentecost. And he's giving people uh, this hope of the risen Savior. He, you know, he kind of bashes the people. He says, you have 
crucified the very Messiah that you've been looking for all this time. You are guilty of this. And they say, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's when Peter says, you know, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you, uh, for the forgiveness of your sins, and the remission of your sins, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is for you, to your children, and all those that are far off. So here's the deal. God knows you. He sees you. He sees your potential. And he has a purpose just for you. The question is, will you allow God to use you? Will you, like Peter, pick up your nets that you just cleaned and get them dirty again? That's what the question you have to answer. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. That's what Jesus told Peter. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They were obedient. Peter was obedient. James and John were obedient obedient as well and that that when jesus said don't be afraid that that word fear in the greek means to put to flight by terrifying to scare away uh you know we just recently went through uh the holiday of halloween <laughs> and you see this a lot in little kids and they get scared it, it, they go to haunted trails they go to these haunted houses or people hide behind the trees or you know, or in their homes and, and the kids come up and they try to scare them and, and, and the kids are scared to death. They run away. That, that's exactly what this word means when Jesus told Peter, don't be afraid from now on. You're going to be fishing for people. Well, that word afraid means to put to flight, to flee, to fear, to be afraid, to be struck with fear, to be seized with alarm of those startled by strange sights or occurrences. Or, or those that are struck with amaze, amazement. You know, Peter has seen miracles already. He saw Jesus cast a demon out of the guy in the synagogue. He has seen many people that had come to his home, even his mother-in-law. But they, these people were sitting in his living room of his house. He has seen those people healed. But you know, all of those people were other people. They dealt with somebody else. And now Jesus is dealing directly with, with Peter. And see that that's the thing when <clears throat> we see all this stuff going on with other people and, and we don't care nothing about it, especially the bad stuff. Well, that's going on in another state. That's going on somewhere on the other side of the world. So that really doesn't affect me. And that it, it, we just we a lot probably all of us have a tendency to think like that because it doesn't directly affect us. But the minute that something affects us, we begin to pay a little bit closer attention. But the minute it deals directly with us and it's happening to us and, it, and it's pointed directly at us and the focus is all on us, we pay attention to what's going on. <clears throat> and that's exactly what's going on in this situation. Peter saw all this stuff going on with Jesus and it was happening to other people. And so he didn't really think a whole lot about it. And he's out there doing his job and he's out there fishing. But now Jesus has singled him out. And he begins to pay attention. Jesus is on Peter's boat. Jesus is telling Peter to launch out into the deep. He's telling Peter to use his nets after he'd worked all night and didn't catch anything. And see, we, we focus on the boat that's so full of fish, but we, we hardly ever or most probably never make an emphasis about Peter fishing all night long and not catching a single fish. This guy makes a living by pay by by catching fish and paying his bills with the fish that he caught by you know catching and selling 
<coughs> I wonder how many times that Peter worked all night long and didn't catch a single fish. I bet it. If if if, if I had to guess, I'd say it never happened. I mean, not caught a single fish. So I think this is part of the miracle. Just like you know, we, we focus on all the fish, the, the, the miracle of the nets almost breaking and the boats are almost sinking from all the fish. But we don't mention that you know, hardly we just kind of mention it in passing that he fished all night long with James and John in another boat and they didn't catch a single fish. I can almost guarantee, which you know, I can't hundred percent guarantee because I wasn't there and I haven't ever talked to Peter. I had a conversation with James and John, but I can almost guarantee that's probably never happened before, that they didn't catch a single fish. But there's a reason why they didn't catch a fish. There's a reason for everything that happens in our life, and it's because God is trying to teach us lessons. We can either learn from it and grow closer to God, or we can let our hearts harden and run away from God. The word... Fear here in the Greek literally means that when Peter saw what happened with the fish, he was struck with fear and and seized up. He wanted to run away like the kids do when they're scared to death at Halloween. Which is why Jesus immediately, immediately says, don't be afraid. Don't be full of fear. Don't, Peter, run away. But run to me. Because I have a new purpose for you. From now on, instead of catching these fish, you're going to be catching the souls of men and women for the kingdom of God. (coughs) You can try to do your own thing. You can live the way you want to. And God will let you do that. We have a free will. We have a choice. We can do whatever we want to. You can do what you love to do, but without Jesus, you will always be like Peter's nets. You will be empty. But if you will be obedient to God's will for your life, which starts with making Jesus the Lord of your life, God will take what you love to do and use it for His glory. And I hear people say, I don't know what God wants me to do for Him. What does he want me to do in this life? Well, let me ask you this. What do you enjoy doing? What's your hobbies? What's your passions? What do you love to do? Take your passions, these things that you just have a passion for, and find a way to use it for God. Do you play sports? Play for Jesus. And be his example in the locker room, on the field, and off the field. Do you work in retail like I do? I'm a vendor. I travel travel around and and I go to all these stores and I'm selling cakes. Well, be Jesus to the people that you come in contact with. If you just, when you're out there in the stores, listen to people. They will tell you about their life. They will tell you what they need. If you can, meet their need. Meet their need and tell them why. I'm doing this to help you because I... I'm a Christian. I serve Christ. I love Jesus. And I want to share Jesus with you. You There's all kinds of people out there who are suffering. And they need hope. They need Jesus. Are you a carpenter? You know, arrange some help and go find somebody whose house needs some repair. And go do the repairs. And and don't charge them anything. Pay their bill. And tell them why you're doing it. Do you play an instrument? Do you sing? 
you know, church. I, I'm I'm an interim worship leader where I'm uh, where I'm at right now at Partnership Christian Church here in Maryville, Tennessee, and we're 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 constantly looking for singers and musicians. Find a way to 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 use your talents to bring God glory. That's that that's what God wants you to do. He He has put you on this earth. He's given you these talents, not to use for yourself, but to use them for him and his kingdom and to bring him glory. And here's the thing. If you if you don't use your talents and your passions for God, you will never be filled. You will always be empty. And so now Jesus has three of his 12 disciples. He has Peter, James, and John. And if you go back and you read that passage in Luke 5, it seems that there may have been some more people in that boat with Peter but Luke doesn't give their names. And so perhaps they are some of Jesus' disciples as well. We don't know. But we do know this, that these guys, Peter, James, and John, have been chosen right here on this spot by Jesus. You follow man, I'll make you fishers of men. And they leave everything behind. Uh, they leave their boats, their jobs, their families, and they give everything they have to follow Jesus. They are absolutely, totally dedicated to God and doing God's will. And I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been like to be with Jesus every day, every night for three to three and a half years and seeing all these great things that, he, that he'd done for people and how he touched people's lives and ministered to people and gave people hope as he was moved with compassion as he touched lepers, as he opened blind eyes, as he cast out demons, as he, as he uh, opened the mouth of the mute who couldn't speak, as he healed lame people who had been lame their whole life. He gave people hope, and that's exactly what we can do today. We can give people hope. We can give people Jesus. Let me ask you this question before we go. What has God done for you? What has God brought you through? How has God or how has Jesus impacted your life? You see, I've said many, many a times that people have a story. <clears throat> and those stories include good times and bad times. They, they include hardships. But they also include testimonies of how, if, 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 if we have given our lives to Christ, how Christ has brought us through and given us hope. And we look forward to being with him in heaven someday. Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today? I pray that you have. And if you haven't, I pray that you would contact somebody. Contact uh, us here at The Grinded Podcast. And you can email us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com and I will help you get in touch with somebody that will tell you and show you what you need to do to be a disciple of Christ today. Don't let your nets continue to be empty. Follow Christ today. Don't be afraid, dear one, but to give your life to Jesus Christ and have the hope of Jesus. And if you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, go share the hope of Jesus with somebody today. God bless you, and we will see you next time, and we'll continue Luke chapter 5. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. 
If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.